Do you struggle to get prime contractors to call you back? If you do, I'm going to walk through several ways that they evaluate you today. And as I go through this, I think it's going to be eye-opening for you to understand why these prime contractors don't call you back. Or the other thing that happens very regularly is you'll have a great meeting with a prime contractor. And after that meeting, you can't get a call back. They're not returning your emails or phone calls or any of that kind of stuff. And it's just bad baffling why. Today, I'm going to focus on seven ways that you are being evaluated by those primes, whether you know it or not. The first way, which might be the most obvious, but this is by far the most important thing that a prime looks for when they're evaluating another contractor, whether it's to be a sub or whether it's just to be on your team, even if they're going to be your sub. The primary thing that they look for is, will you make them competitive? And if the answer is no to that, they're going to evaluate that and go, well, I don't think we want to work with this company. There's a lot of factors that go into making you competitive. But at the end of the day, if you have not communicated how you are going to make them competitive, then you have missed the mark and likely will not get a call back from those contractors. When you are working with a prime or trying to work with a prime, you have got to clearly communicate and even use the words, here is how we are going to make our team, including you, extremely competitive on this contract and why we think having us on the team is going to allow us to win it or having you on our team is going to allow us to win this. That's number one. It's the most important thing. The next thing that they're looking for is, do you know the customer? Do you have intelligence on the opportunity? Those are kind of two different things, but they go hand in hand because if you don't know the customer, you likely don't have any intelligence on the opportunity. They are looking for you to say things like, hey, we have been talking to the contracting officer, the PM, someone at that organization, they're also looking for you to say things about that contract that you have learned. Like, hey, this is the reason that I think they're going to put this out WSB. Or here's the reason I think they're going to try to 8 a soul source this thing. I was talking to my contact over there and this is some of the things that I've learned about. They're not happy with the current prime. They're not happy with XYZ. They want to go a different direction. They want to explore this technology. Whatever it may be, you have to bring something to the table table to let them know you've actually been speaking to that organization. And it's even better when you can say, hey, when I was in government, I actually used to work there and I used to work with Pam and Sue and Jeff and all these other people. I've known them for years. I know the organization really, really well. This is, I think, one of our competitive advantages here in this situation, which leads me to the next point that they're going to evaluate you on. Do you have any past performance? Just because you know those people, have you actually worked with them? Have you landed a contract with that agency? And if the answer is no, they're going to look at that and evaluate, is this going to be a competitive teaming situation? Now, I'm going to get into a couple of other areas where past performance may not be that important. One of the reasons you may be reaching out to them is you do have a relationship with the customer, but it's not through past performance and you want to leverage their past performance in order to win the contract based on all the other factors. So it's not a no-go that you don't have past performance, but it's definitely very important and something they consider when they think about working with you. 
Are you struggling to figure out how to get to the next level? If so, I want to encourage you to reach out to me. There's a link in the description for this podcast where you can actually click on that link and grab a time on my calendar. We'll set aside 30 minutes, talk about your business. I'll give you some tips and strategies to help you get to that next level. And if it makes sense and you want to talk about coaching, I can talk about some of those coaching options as well. So click the link in the description and I look forward to meeting you one-on-one for your strategy session. Now let's get back into this episode. The next one is your skill set. What skills do you bring to the table? If this is a highly technical job, even if it's a low skill job, what skills are you going to bring to the table and are they competitive with the skills and abilities that your prime or partner is going to bring to the table? If you're both trying to do the exact same work, prime is going to be asking, well, how much percentage of this work are we going to get if we're both trying to do the same thing? But let's say you're going to a job, let's take a construction job for example, you are really focused on the concrete and you're also focused on like the general management of the whole project. You know, you want to be the PM on it. If those are the two things, but there's also wiring and there's drywall and there's all kinds of other things that that other company can do, then it makes more sense because you're not competing for every scrap of that project. You've got to spell out where you're trying to focus and where your skill set is going to make the team stand out or else they're going to sit there and just, again, ask that question, where are we going to make money if you're just trying to do a little bit of everything and you really just want us for our past performance? You've got to be able to be clear about that. The next one is your maturity as a company. If you are brand new, it doesn't mean you can't win a contract, but if you're brand new or even if you're five, 10 years old and you come off as immature, that's one of those things that as a prime, they look at that and say, look, I just don't want to be associated with a company that has a website that looks like it's out of 1995. Their capability statement looks like somebody drew it with a crayon. You know, I've been in meetings with this person and they're very unprofessional in the meetings. They can't seem to follow up. They're not on time. Any of those factors that come into play are going to be red flags to a prime that they don't want to work with you. So you've got to show a level of maturity and professionalism that makes them say, hey, I want to work with this company. You're going to notice I'm already down to number six in this list and I'm just now mentioning your status. Why is your status so far down on the list? Depending on the type a contract, your status may not be a factor. Just because you have a bunch of check marks and statuses doesn't mean it's relevant to that opportunity. In fact, you know, it may be a full and open opportunity. The big company is going to prime it and they're bringing you along. Your status is nice, but it's not going to be the thing that actually makes this contract happen. Now, on the flip side, if it's an 8A sole source contract or it's a WSB or an SDVSB and they don't have that status, then now your status is more important. But it doesn't mean it's the first thing I would be talking about with them. It just means it's more important at that stage. But a lot of times it's lower down the list of importance. They are looking for opportunities where you're bringing them a contract that they can't chase. And now your status is important because, hey, they don't have that status. They can't go after it. And unless they have a teaming partner with that status, they're just out of luck on that opportunity. Again, those are the only times where the status gets elevated 
elevated in those evaluations of you. The next one is, do they already have a partner like you? Do you differentiate yourself in any way? If I'm looking at this and the opportunity is a WSB opportunity, it's a woman-owned small business opportunity, and that's what your status is, but I already have three companies that have their WSB. They have similar products and services as you. How do you differentiate from all of those? That goes back to the earlier criteria. Do you know the customer? Do you have any past performance? How deep is that skill set? Are we going to be competing for the same work? Do you have intelligence on the opportunity? All of those factors come into play when you get down to the differentiation between you and other partners they currently have. The last one here that I want to talk about is kind of a bonus one. Your relationships outside of this. If I'm sitting there and I'm talking with a prime and I'm talking about all of the other relationships I have, I brought them this one opportunity, but then I start painting a picture of how we can work together on all sorts of other things, that's going to lean me towards your direction. Depending on what your relationships are in other agencies, when other silos or subcategory agencies of your primary agency, all of those things will make me evaluate how closely I want to work with you. Those are just a handful of things that you're being evaluated on. There's no checklist. There's no visible thing where they have that in front of you. They may ask a lot of questions about these things, and this is why. They're trying to evaluate, is this the right company to team with, whether it's to bring you on as a subcontractor or to be a subcontractor to you. They're asking all of these questions because one of the things about being a big prime, regardless of their size, is they have an image or a brand in the market, and they want to protect that as much as possible. They also don't want to waste their time. If you don't have all your ducks in a row and that comes through in those meetings, they're going to cut you off rather quickly because you don't have all of that stuff squared away. Just be aware of that and how that may impact whether or not a prime actually wants to work with you. The last thing that I want to leave you with today, if you are wanting to learn how to make yourself look more professional and become that expert in the eyes of those primes, I want to make a suggestion that you go listen to episode 225 of the podcast. It's called Branding Yourself as a GovCon Expert. I think it's really important to look at all of the areas of how you can increase your brand and your professionalism in the eyes of those prime contractors. So go listen to that. It's episode 225, Branding Yourself as a GovCon Expert. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Game Changers for Government Contractors. If you have a suggestion for a topic or a guest, please reach out. We are always looking for new guests, new topics, and things that you want to hear about. Thank you for your support, and we'll see you next episode.